Hello, I'm Rob Rigo. Welcome to the second episode of Excuse Me History, where Joe and I explore people, places, and events that make up our crazy human story. Again, I apologize for the quality of this intro. Uh, I'm out of town a few weeks longer, but I promise it will get better soon uh, when I get back. Uh, to make this easier, I also am recording this by myself. Uh, Joe Barton is uh, will be here again soon, uh, and he's doing great in New York. Uh, thanks again, guys, for the feedback on the first episode. Please continue to email us with any questions or feedback at excusemehistory at gmail.com, and please like and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much. Joe Barton, welcome. Hello. Uh, how you doing? I'm I'm doing all right. How are you, Rob? I'm doing good. Uh, what podcast is this again? It's Gumi History. It's Gumi. Excuse me, history. Excuse right. me, history. This podcast is all about uh, history and in a funny way, told by some guys who don't know a whole lot of things. <laughs> we don't know a lot about history or being funny. Jo- yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Joe knows a, a lot about history. Uh, what do you know about Rob? I know uh, I'm learning. This is this is a, this is about me going on the journey with the listeners. Oh, the journey, uh, and uh, y- you know, you have a, a little bit of a better grasp. But what uh, what we're doing today, uh, we neither of us have any grasp on. But no, but you neither do you guys, unless you <laughs> unless you are Dominican. And I actually talked to like uh, people from the Dominican Republic, uh, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I've like heard of like some of them are are good with their history." I mean, but it's n- the same thing as Americans. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, you know, like we most people don't. I mean, most Americans, we don't know our own history, so it's a good learning experience for everyone. And yeah, this is uh, this this subject is a little outside my wheelhouse, but we're we're talking about. Uh, Isn't that fun, though? Isn't that yeah. why, why we do it? Yeah, we're, we're broadening our horizons. Ooh, the horizon. <laughs> Dominican Republic, where the sun, the sun empire, never, where the sun never set. That's yeah. what they called it. right? I think so. OK, <laughs> um, so we're doing. We're doing they said that in Spanish, though. <laughs> El sol uh, nunca set. That's perfect. Great. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get started with it um, a little bit. Did you ever listen to any merengue music? They, they're the founders of the, the merengue. I like lemon meringue pie. Lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Is that the same thing? Nope. Not okay. the same thing at all. Okay. Um, it's a dance. It's a, it's a type of music and they oh. would dance to it. They're very good. Uh, there's a comedian the other night and I, I forgot his name. Uh, it was a new bit he was working on, but I think it had some legs where he's basically trying to make a correlation between uh uh, corruption in government versus how well people <laughs> dance, <laughs> and and uh, Dominican Republic great dancers, and uh, I think that that theory holds up. Little there. spotty history, little spotty, um, <laughs> and it's not it's not their fault. As it is with all of us, we are uh, you know as I read about history, we're all on like a wave, and you know we can you know there's people and events that kind of push things one way or another, but. Uh, a lot of us get swept up in momentum, even these guys who are super powerful and probably could stop things from happening. But I mean, even them, even this guy, uh, Trujillo, who we're going to talk about today, the dictator of uh, uh, Dominican Republic. And I would argue probably one of the most complete dictators ever. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what I found interesting and, you know, we've talked about a few things in our podcast and about, you know, really uh, 
important leaders, people who who, who uh, <clears throat> had a lot of power, who who got there. I, I find the thing about Trujillo that I found the most interesting was that he just this is some random guy. Like I, I think those are really interesting. These guys who don't come from. Uh, privileged background. Well, yeah, or, like Hitler was that. Hitler was that. There are a lot of. I think there are a lot of great examples of common people who just through weird circumstance kind of ended up moving in this direction where they came to power. And I mean, obviously, we'll get into that with the podcast today. But I, it, it's just fascinating how this guy who just came from out of nowhere ended up being one of the most brutal dictators uh, in the history of the world, uh, let alone uh, the, in, in the Caribbean. Interesting. I think the other funny thing about uh, Trujillo is he's on one side of the island. On the other side of the island, got another one of the other horrible dictators of human history, Papa Doc. Uh, Papa Doc. Papa Doc over in Haiti. <laughs> Tell us about him. <laughs> didn't have a didn't have a fun twentieth century over in Hispaniola. But I mean, yeah. So so uh, all right, yeah. So Hispaniola, that's the name of that island. Who gave it that name? Oh oh, uh, the, the, guy, the the natives. The they guy, call it that. Yeah, <laughs> he's Hispaniola. Uh, but the guy who founded it, because uh, it was lost. The island <laughs> it was, was lost. Wandering in the it was lost the in, the, in the wilderness. Uh, no one lived there at all. And then Christopher Colombo. Colombo. Christopher Colombo. He investigated. <laughs> he came over. Yeah, he investigated. He launched an investigation and they found Hispaniola. They found Hispaniola. Was dis- and uh, they found a million lost Taino native they people. Were, the whole time, these people were like, where the fuck are we? Someone come find us. And so, Christopher Colombo's like, hey guys. I got you, fam. Here we are. Uh, uh, we And uh, we're here to save you. Yep. That's what that's what happened. Taino people, the descendants of the Arwok people, yeah. Arwok, something like that. I, I was having trouble kind of discerning the difference, but there are two groups of people related to each other, uh, people who inhabited the Caribbean islands, and they're not just on Hispaniola, but they're all over. Yes, yes. In in Puerto Rico, they have uh, they talk about the Tainos a lot there, so it's the same same descendants or same people. Spoiler: They don't exist today. The Taino people. No. Although there are people. It's inter- I was reading. They were talking about how and uh, today the. I guess it, or maybe 50 years ago or so, people started to try to reclaim kind of the the Taino heritage and, yeah. and try to uh, go back more to uh, to a, a native, uh, at least <coughs> celebrate native culture uh, in the Caribbean islands. And there there's some people in uh, you know Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic who do identify as uh, Spanish or Amerindians. Indians. I've definitely I've definitely seen the I've definitely seen that and at least because I, I, I I've been to Puerto Rico a bunch of times because uh, I work there, and I have seen like a kind of a cultural. Uh, embracing of that of that they try to you know they have a lot of taino like days or something like that and they mm-hmm. dress up in the in the native garbs or whatever that's um, interesting but yeah so uh so yeah so the million people were on this island uh, i don't know too much <laughs> about what they were doing there uh but they lived pretty peacefully it seemed but they were strong you know a million people at that time is a huge like compared like it's compared to like a european power at that you know sure. in the, the spanish come over and and obviously uh, the the native people probably they didn't love that the Spanish were there, uh, and the Spanish are largely able to conquer them uh, because of disease. I think when we, when we oh yeah that probably something like ninety five percent of the people living on the island die of disease within yeah probably the first hundred probably less than that hundred years on uh, of the Spanish occupation. I read something that uh, one estimate is that after they got there because of work, forced labor, uh, smallpox, and uh, just 
straight old killing. <laughs> straight old killing. Uh, they uh, it went from a million to five hundred people. Yeah. A million to five hundred people uh, survived that in the first like uh, you know couple years of the. And uh, oh, yeah, just the first couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say, Joe, you know, 2000 people, which you don't. You barely know 10. Uh, so let's say you did. <laughs> and you even were the those most, people I don't talk to very often. You were the most, po- you were the most popular guy in the New York City. And two, you knew 2000 people. That would be like all but one of them dying, mm-hmm. which is insane. Um, so then after they died uh, and they had no more forced laborers, did they, uh, did they just go, all right, well, we'll do the work ourselves then? No, I think they were like... <laughs> They they had some more friends that they they knew. Uh, they uh, these guys from Africa, and they were like, "Hey, you want to come work on our farms? We yeah. have these nice, fun sugar farms. You're gonna like them." We're not uh, trivializing, by the way, uh, slavery, obviously, and uh, joking about it. It's just that uh, this story happens so much all the time throughout history that it's like it's. So- it's crazy how awful it is. And it's like, om- it's almost unbelievable that, you know, it happens again and yes, again. Pl- please no one mistake us. <laughs> we, we obviously recognize that these are horrible human tragedies, uh, but they happened hundreds of years ago and uh, we're choosing to make light of them because, I mean, they're just so horrible. It's like, you know, what do you, yeah. We, it's, it's just so insane how, uh, how much suffering yeah. uh, happened and, uh, in such a short amount of time and again and again. <laughs> and so, yeah. So the, the Spanish will, within a very short amount of time, most of the native population is wiped out and they'll start importing African slaves to, uh, replace the labor that they had lost. Um, to go back to that thing about the disease though, <clears throat> one of the things I was reading, they were talking about the disease and, um, how it affects, I mean, all parts of the world. But one of the things is in these, in these tropical climates and uh, in these areas, it, it's more likely that people are going to die from disease when they're in concentrated areas. And before the European um, colonization of the Americas, not in all cases, but a lot of these people tended to uh, to live more and more spread out. I mean, they, they there were large cities in uh, in Mexico City, or you know, in Mexico and a few other places. But for the most part, these people are living spread out, so disease uh, won't affect them as much. They're, they're native diseases, but then all of a sudden, you have these guys coming in and then trying to capture these people and put them in concentrated areas, yeah. and the diseases are more likely to spread. And they're also being mistreated and and uh, living in pretty terrible conditions so their chances of surviving uh going to be even lower uh and so yeah within a few years most of them are dead and they're gonna bring in africans to to make up for the labor force and the spanish will occupy the island you know we're talking about 1492 they land there uh and by i think 1500 they pretty much have control of the island totally um and then we'll continue to be there for about the next 300 years yeah it becomes a big uh and we talked about pirates last time uh, yes. so the island of hispaniola was a huge uh pirate hub especially uh, santa domingo which is the capital today yes. of uh the dominican republic um was it uh was it bigger what was the what was the biggest spot there i forget what was like in the Caribbean, what was the biggest hub for? Um, well, the, the, in, the, in the Caribbean, the, the major thing is going to be a, a, the the Spanish main. So that's the northern coast of South America. Okay. But then the, the other big parts are going to be uh, Cuba, the, you know, uh, Hispaniola, and then the, the tiny islands uh, that the, the English and the French will start to settle. Will also like the, um, 
what are we talking about? The Virgin Islands or the Bahamas or... Oh, yeah, all that. Uh, Nassau and uh, all those islands. But, yeah, uh, definitely pirate hotspots, especially because they're Spanish settlements. Uh, all the enemies of Spain, which are many at yep. various times, uh, they'll be subject to pirate raids over, over years and such. So it's pirate raids. And then uh, why are the... Uh, wh- these are becoming big, important places to the colonies. Uh, I mean, there's not really a ton of gold and silver on Hispaniola, or they don't find that there, but it's sugarcane is their big thing. Yeah, tobacco. Sugar cane, tobacco. Yeah, those are going to be the main exports. Um, tobacco, very important, uh, especially, I mean, we talked a little bit about it in the, in the Jefferson episode. Jefferson was a tobacco farmer. The tobacco that the Virginians will be planting, they, they're they getting that from the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, so getting they, that good stuff. They got that good stuff down in the Caribbean, and the Spanish have, like, a stranglehold on the tobacco market, uh, and same with sugar. I mean, sugar grows in those tropical climates, um, and, very, and both of these things are very dangerous, very unpleasant jobs to be doing uh, tobacco is a very labor-intensive plant uh, oh, yeah. you, it takes a, a lot of uh, time and effort to kill all the bugs especially if you're not using pesticides uh, and then the same thing goes with sugarcane sugarcane fields tend to be very just dangerous to work in uh, like very tall because you get all that sugar on your teeth and yeah. you get cavities <laughs> you got a lot of cavities uh you know these guys uh you're eating sugar all day what, yeah. do, you, what do you expect have you ever had sugar cane? Like straight, straight old sugar cane? I don't think I have. Oh man, it's uh, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, your teeth hurt right away. <laughs> You're like, ooh, <laughs> they're gonna fall out. Um, <laughs> Better floss tonight. So then, uh, then uh, his the island of Hispaniola eventually becomes uh, two places. As uh, yeah, so we should say the entire island is not controlled by spain uh, they do for about a hundred years or so but eventually in the 1600s the french are going to come along and they're going to claim uh the left side of the island uh which uh eventually um the the island that you know they're calling it the entire island is called hispaniola but the major settlements um or what's now the capital of the dominican republic today santo domingo that's what the spanish will call their side of the island is santo yes. domingo and the french are going to call their side of the island san domingue so basically the, the french version mm-hmm. of that and this will continue colonial rule over the next hundred years or, or next couple hundred years uh and it's in the early 1800s late 1700s that we start to see some rumblings going on a little bit rumbling a little bit of uh, a little uncomfortableness uh, some uh some mishaps going on the what it, what it will happen is the the haitians the um uh will, will become the haitians are the black um slaves and um some free uh, blacks and mulattoes in haiti which will revolt against the french rule very complicated story we won't go into too much detail but eventually by 1804 um the <clears throat> the haitians will have overthrown french colonial rule and i think i read somewhere that they were the first like slave it's colony f- like a, it's the first i think it's the first and I, I think arguably the only successful slave revolt in human history where the slaves overthrew their oppressors and then created a uh their own state and it was so successful like it was just never right. no more problems after that <laughs> yep, they, they did they uh smooth sailing smooth sailing they weren't treated like uh they weren't ostracized by everyone immediately yeah, as a black you know, you know like the uh, colony and then fucked into <laughs> like uh you know poverty for you know generations yeah the united states you know when it happened was very sympathetic because they were like hey we just had our own revolution we're gonna support you <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. you know we we there for you we've been through that uh no the united states did not like it they feared the haitian revolution thought it would uh incite uh slave revolts 
Um, Why were we were we doing were we doing that too? Shh, don't we? We're talking. Oh, yeah, we're talking about that. Uh, yes, the United States did have slavery. Uh, in, in fact, Jefferson, pre- President Thomas Jefferson, uh, he was the pre- man who never lied. The man who never lied. <laughs> <laughs> he never <laughs> he never lied. Uh, never chopped down cherry tree. Never chopped down cherry tree. Also had wooden teeth. Um, and uh, threw a quarter across the <laughs> Potomac. That's a river. <laughs> That's the a, Potomac. Didn't uh. Didn't George Washington maybe yeah. not do that? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Shenandoah River, not definitely did not do that. It's a big river. It's a huge river. He I mean, maybe he found like a, a small... <laughs> a little creek. A little creek. <laughs> a, tribu- a tributary. <laughs> I swam uh, the Raritan River uh, in New Jersey and uh, to New York, just to say I swam from New Jersey to New York. I picked a, a pretty narrow part of it. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to conquer How long did it take you? <laughs> it, took a, it took like it took like 30, 40 minutes. Oh, well, okay. I'm not a quick swimmer either. <laughs> um, so and then everything else was good, and now Putacan is a great spot to visit and go to the beach. Uh, all right, podcast all right. over. This, this has been a uh, hey, tour, tourism advertisement <laughs> for Hispaniola. Uh, no, the, the United States reacts very negatively to the Haitian Revolution. Uh, Jefferson didn't care for seeing uh, a lot of uh, dark people uh, overthrowing their their slave masters, violently killing all the white people, uh, envisioning such things happening uh, to Virginia. So they're going to uh, pretty much uh, put sanctions against Haiti, which will, I mean, and so does every other so island. does everyone else. Everyone no one, does. they just ro- like just screw over everyone there, yeah. even after they like, yeah. And uh, so that's what's going to happen there. Uh, the the Spanish on the other side of the island, uh, they're also afraid of what's going on in Haiti. They're afraid of it spilling over into uh, Santo Domingo. Some uh, either uh, the Haitians uh, who are hiding in the mountains, the, the Haitian rebels coming over and, and inciting slave revolts in Santo Domingo, or even um, just a total takeover of the island or, or a or native uprising in Santo Domingo. But uh, what will end up? That's sort of what ends up happening by. Um, the 1820s, there starts to be an independence movement in, in Santo Domingo, and they will overthrow Spanish colonial rule only but briefly. They actually try to join Gran Colombia, the uh, the large uh, pan uh, Latin, Latin American country that's been forming in South America, started kind of by uh, uh, Bolivar and all those guys down in South America. They don't, and eventually the Haitians do take over the entire island, and they'll occupy it um, uh, for about 40 years, I believe, until uh, the Spanish will retake the island. That's about right. Yep. 40, uh, 22 years. Oh, 22 years. Oh, and then, then the, they, there was a, the Spanish controlled again for 20 years, and then the uh, Dominicans will overthrow them again. Uh, and then by the late 1800s, they have uh, their own independent rule. Am I getting that right? Yep. By 18, uh, yep. By uh, uh, 1844. Uh, it is the San Domingo declares its independence and becomes the Dominican Republic. Um, and then and it was smooth sailing ever since. And then they, uh, it was returned to Spanish rule. Oh, God. Right. Uh, and then 61. Okay. So then it was back to uh, Dominican Republic after a revolt. And then the second, uh, Dominican Republic is proclaimed in 1865. And we lived happily ever happily after. Happily ever after. So what do we start doing? What is, uh, you know what? We got a brand new country here. You know, it's like, uh, you know, when you when your son wants a car, you, you give him, you, you give him the best car immediately. You give you take out a loan yeah. and you buy him, um, a brand new BMW 
the top of the line. Something that's going to go very fast. Something that's going to go very fast. Something that a 17-year-old is clearly ready and willing to take care of properly um, and not uh, smoke alcohol in the back seat. Oh, smoke, and, smoking uh, alcohol, smoking drinking alcohol, drugs. Whatever the kids are doing, just racing down to the high school to... <laughs> Anyway, um, they, <laughs> Rob, they did you, have you ever owned a car? No, I'm never, I was never, I'm not a cool person. Uh, I owned a Hyundai Accent and that Ooh. car was cool. <laughs> I bet. Pretty uh, sure. Pretty, pretty sure it was. Did you get good gas mileage? Oh, got great gas mileage. Um, but yeah, so they do, they did not take good care of their brand new car, uh, when they got their country. Uh, and it was not, you know, it was because they were usually when like a, uh, when a European colony loses control of a colony, they're not like, well, let's have a nice transition period where we help you establish, uh, you know, we'll wean you off nice and slow and set you up. Right. Did not happen as it usually does. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, just a lot of bad decision. Corruption runs rampant. They start doing a bad, a lot of bad loans, uh, especially against the United States. Yeah. And the United States, as we'll see over the 20th century, the United States has quite a bit of involvement in the Dominican Republic and Haiti as well. When we look back at it, it's pretty obvious why it is that this country struggled for so long. You have a brutal occupation for hundreds of years. And then after several violent revolutions, they finally get independence. Uh, but like as you know, many other former colonial countries that we've seen happen, they, you know, they end up under the leadership of strongmen under dictators yeah. uh, and, or people, or people who are just kind of generally corrupt. Uh, and, and, and like, I mean, like, that's like the thing you gotta, yeah, I have empathy for even the dictators. Not that, you know, obviously the Trujillo is probably one of the worst men ever in history, but he is a, a person like him happens in that environment that happens because you have been uh, screwed over for so long. Uh, by so many different people, you take what's yours, and that is becomes a culture. You take anything you can get, and uh, you know, uh, having strong sense of morality and uh, civic service and 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 sacrifice to people other than yourself is not you know you can't. There's that, that is a luxury you cannot afford when you are fighting to survive every day of your life, and your and your parents and their parents have done the same thing. People want stability, yeah. um, and we've seen so many times in history. Uh, terrible leaders come along and people buy into it because they believe that that leader will offer them some sort of stability or, uh, I got that nice stable government. What are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you looking for stability or freedom? I mean, I like some stability. Oh, you want stability? Uh, cause I got, I got you stability. You just need to, you just need to sign over your, your freedom. (laughs) I mean, that's basically what happens. I mean, we're, we're doing that now. We're, no, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, what what ends up happening, and uh, and we'll we'll get into the details of is, uh, a, yeah, a stable government, but uh, only only so because they're brutally uh, suppressing the opposition uh, and creating and, a single party rule for about a forty year period. Yeah, and what people don't know either is that like even this this time period, like before you know the American invasion and. Dur- even during the American invasion, there is like 
the Dominican Republic is almost an unrecognizable place compared to what it is today. Kind of like Afghanistan was in like before the Russian war. I forget what it's called. <laughs> <The> <laughs> um, but uh, the war with Russia in the uh, 80s and uh, whatever. 70s. Uh, what? Like, yeah, 70s. So, uh, yeah, anyway, in the 70s, uh, like, but, but yeah, so those were places that, like, Afghanistan was actually uh, quite a liberal place, and there was a lot of culture and art. Same thing with uh, the Dominican Republic. There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, doctors and schools there and and, and engineering uh uh, and just struck like the the country was getting built up, and there was a nice, a healthy middle class, and it was uh, it was starting to show promise. Um, now, yes, there was a, still a lot of corrupt leaders at the time. Uh, There's also a lot of uh, economic disparity. A lot of economic disparity, uh, and and it's growing. And then you know the we're ta- there's ta- they're taking out loans from the United States that they're not uh, paying back. They're bad loans, and in uh, the United States, they're you know. They're they're gonna give you good trade deals, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, gonna, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna you know pay a, a fair money for that. that I mean, sugar. all men are created equal, as we said, right. and uh, um, so we're sending them you know a fair amount of money for uh, for what they're sending. And us we're back. vetting and we're vetting the governments that's borrowing. So yeah. we're gonna make sure that they're uh, you know have a good credit score and uh, are gonna pay us back. Anyway, so they uh, they we're gonna default. They're gonna default. They're gonna tra- they're about to default on loans, and America's not gonna have that. So in nineteen. Uh, uh, 16, uh, we send, or wait, uh, did I get that right? Yeah, 1916. 1916, yeah. Uh, they, uh, well, there was a, <clears throat> uh, the, the government into the Dominican Republic, there was, um, uh, an overthrow of the government or attempted overthrow of the government. Um, and then the United States will intervene and kind of use that as an excuse to intervene in the Dominican Republic. Um, and we'll occupy the island for about eight years, so 1916 to 1924, uh, about a thousand <clears throat> or so Marines will land on the island and try to restore order. Totally to- illegal. Nothing questionable about yeah. that. Every <laughs> American signed off on it. There's well, not. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, the, so the, I mean, that goes back to the, the Monroe doctrine. So the back in the president Monroe, he says, Hey, Britain back off. The Western hemisphere is not yours. And then it's ours. <laughs> it's, it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> but not yours. We mean it's ours. <laughs> uh, they don't have their own freedom yeah. <laughs> without we control yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Theodore Roosevelt, uh, who is president just before this, this time he will add the Roosevelt corollary to the Monroe doctrine saying the United States has the right to in, uh, intervene in the affairs of our, our many neighbors to the South. Hell yeah. We going in with guns. We going in with guns. Uh, and that's what we, that's what we've been doing, uh, for the last uh, hundred years or so. Uh, and that's what we did in 1916. We will, uh, during world war one. So this is while world war one is happening. Yeah. We uh, send about a thousand troops <laughs> down to the Dominican Republic. I'm uh, here for the, the army. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where do you? I got my gun. I got my boots. Where, where's this boat going to? Yeah, you, uh, we're going. To, we're going. To, we're going to France. We're going to Germany. Where are we going? We're going to uh, the Dominican Republic. Uh, uh, is it? Is that where the the Schlieffen plan is? Where the? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at. Uh, I'm not good at this. Want to reverse it? Yeah. All right. Hey, so uh, we going over to uh, to Europe to fight with all those trenches and uh, the tanks and the and the and the gas and the explosions? And oh the- no, you're going somewhere much more uh, American. Uh, and uh, in it, line is, with our interests. Is and, it cold where we're going? Oh no, it's gonna be nice and warm. You're gonna get a nice coconut. You're gonna. Oh. You're gonna. It's and it's good. The fighting gonna be easy. Oh wow. Are, are we we're fighting against like the best trained armies in the world, nope. like Germany, right? Nope. Remember how? Uh, remember how? Uh, you know, we won the American Revolution, uh, and uh, 
the English colony. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that that happened. Uh, and then England was a place, and they colonized a bunch of things. Uh, we we're not gonna do that, but it's it's gonna be pretty similar. Oh, okay. Like you're gonna, it's, you're gonna, we're gonna colonize them. Great. As long as I have to go fight in Europe, I'm down. <laughs> you will. Uh, actually, I mean, to be fair, that would be great. Honestly, like if like oh, yeah. I, like if I if I joined if I joined the Marines and then I found out I was going to the DR, I'd be like, fuck yeah. No. <laughs> You chill on a beach yeah. while uh, easy. There's no, there's no. While a million of your of your friends and neighbors are going to die oh in my the God. trenches in France, getting dysentery mm. in you know, uh, in I can't even think of a. a I mean, a, a, a French <laughs> battlefield. What is it? Uh, the 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 Psalms. Yeah, Psalms. That that's one, one of them. That's where we got one. That's uh, one. What's the Verdun? Verdun? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if the United States is in that one, but... Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that was earlier. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to you in the Dominican Republic is you get a sunburn. <laughs> you come back, get your, your purple heart. <laughs> hey, my skin was peeling. <laughs> one time I ordered a Mai Tai, and they used rum instead of whiskey. Actually, no, you used... Reverse of that. Reverse of that. <laughs> I don't know how to make drinks or <laughs> read history, um, but we're learning. Um, we're learning. So, in the Dominican Republic, they uh, they take over. Uh, they're controlling it, um, and they. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a double edged sword, but they do some. They do bring stability to the area. (laughs) (laughs) As as the United, you know, that's what we do. We bring stability to the world. (laughs) We're gonna bring in some of that uh, stability, Uh, lack of freedom, uh, more stability. We're we're here to bring you freedom and democracy, and we're gonna give it to you with bullets. We're gonna give it to you with bullets. Um, So then, what happens? That uh, what 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 makes the U.S. go away? Uh, Well, eventually, just the Americans. I mean, we. I mean, obviously, World War One ends, and the United States is just kind of. We're trying to spend less money. We're, we we get more isolationist in the years after World War yeah, One. People start asking questions. <laughs> we're like, hey, why are we why are, why do we have thousands of soldiers uh, in this island that most of us have never heard of before? Uh, and so eventually, we'll end the occupation. We'll put in um, uh, a president that we like, um, and that will last for a few years. So that's in 1924. We leave, um, and then. Uh, so we're we're not quite to Trujillo. He's still he's alive right now. He's, he's alive. He so he he joined. He was trained by the U.S. military. Like he joined yeah. some kind of thing. Um, we've never done that before, right? No, we've never uh, <laughs> we've never trained our our uh, number one enemy. <laughs> yeah, not Ho Chi Minh or Osama or, and all, whatever. Osama Um No, but yeah. So uh, we trained him. He was a, like a tele telegram. That was yeah. His operator. first job was a telegraph operator, and then he loses that job, and then he ends up just kind of as a gang leader. Yeah, that was what he was doing when the United States <laughs> occupies the island, uh, and then he joins the military. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to be good at my telegraph job, but it's just so hard to send all these telegraphs. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> I just like every time I, I said the telegraph, I just I only see here some some beeps and uh, and that's it. And I never get the message. Well, Raphael, maybe you're not cut out for this. Maybe you, maybe there's some other line of work for you. You ever think about joining the military? Well, I, what about like a like a local, very small military, like not even like a military, like just a group of boys <laughs> in the street? OK. And but uh, and, uh, and when you're you're keeping law and order, you're. You oh, know. well, you know, we're. We're militaristic. 
Oh, you're mil- okay. And so you're you're uh, you're fighting the bad guys, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, s- semantics. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a big word. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I learned it. Uh, I, that was <laughs> that was uh, it's in telegraph talk. That's beep beep, squeaky beep. <laughs> Beep squeak. Yeah, see, I don't think that, that that's not what that means. I, I I don't think this job is for you, Raphael. But this this uh, this small military on the street thing right. that seems to be your thing. So small, he joins a small military on the street, and uh, he does he does well. <laughs> military on the street, military on the streets. Uh, anyway, so he he becomes uh, this guy on the streets. He's doing he's making money, uh, doing illegal activities, and he works his way up to uh, the police force which is a totally legit police force, not overstepping bounds in the slightest. From there, he starts as like a sergeant or something. Yeah, he starts as a sergeant. Within nine years, he's a general. <laughs> Typical promotion. <laughs> that's, that's the career path most. Uh, you know, when you join the army, they're like, you know, see the world, and, uh, become a general in nine years. <laughs> You've been here for, you know, the lifespan of one car. You're ready to lead everything. Um, it's a, well, well, you might call that a meteoric rise a meteoric rise yeah he was uh kevin hart of the secret police <laughs> yeah um hey i think trujillo should host the oscars i i agree um his like coming into power was was funny because he um he sees like the rebellion yeah so he's he's a general and that's when he the rebe- uh, rebellion happens i mean the, the the president is uh corrupt again you know not not a good guy. Yep. Uh, and so a, a, a new rebellion will uh, start to develop. Uh, and he, no, see, yeah, he sees it coming. Um, yep. and, he, and he talks to the rebellion leader. And they make a deal. And he's like, hey, you come here? You, you try to join the rebellion, Raphael? No. Okay. What, what's it for me? Listen, you just got to like, all right, so we're going to come by with like 300 guys. Okay. 300 guys. And you, as general of the army, I know you're like 25 right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, well-respected general at uh, the ripe age. I used to be like a teenage gang leader. Yeah. Look where I am now. I mean, uh, that little the little army that you had in the streets. Um, yeah, so we're going to come by with like 300 guys and take the president from his bed and remove him into the streets. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't want my guy, and, you want my guy standing down. And I want you guys just like, you know, maybe uh, calling sick that day. <laughs> <laughs> the entire army is not going to be able to come in today on account of, I got the sniffles. Yeah. So it's literally, it is, it is comedic. Like, cause they do march on the Capitol. Uh, and the president calls Trujillo, his loyal general with nine years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, He's like, Trujillo, they're coming. Amass the army that you are leading as general. You got guns and, and tanks. Yeah, and, and I gave you that job yeah. for a reason. And Trujillo's like, ah, you know, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I really would. I would love, I, my. Yeah, let me get back to you. All right. Yeah. Let, I, let me, let's see, let's let it shake out. Just, and, and my phone's, uh, like the, it's not getting a good signal. Cause if you could just text. I, I don't know where you are right now. <laughs> Actually, for, if you could telegraph me, I, uh, I used to be a telegraph operator. <laughs> I'm, I'm capable of that. <laughs> Just, uh, so they, yes, yeah, so this, re- this rebel group marches into the Capitol. Um, and let's, let's talk, the deal they, str- they strike is interesting. So the, the, he said, I could run for president. Yeah. So the guy, which is, that's the, the yeah, guy that is who's, weird. The guy who's leading the rebellion. He's like, I, I, I will be president. And if you stand down, the next 
election, you can run for president. Uh, <laughs> which, what? I mean, yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it all works out for Trujillo in the end, but I don't know about that deal. Seems like uh, this other guy can turn the tables on him at any moment, but it doesn't work out that way. It seems it seems like wait, what are you thinking? Like what's like what's the what's the plan? Like did he think he was going to lose, or is he just ready ready to like you know run? He's like, ah, yeah, you could run against me. You're not yeah, going to win. I, but and it's curious to know what both of their motivations are. I, my my only guess is that Trujillo, being the military leader, feels confident that because he has the support of the military, that, that it's a, he's going to win. Yeah, that even yeah, even if he's not the president, he will still have the most power because he's got the guy. He's got the most guns. That's right. Um, and so yeah, the rebel group will come in, uh, overthrow the president, uh, instill a new president. Uh, who will take power and then they'll, they'll hold another election. I think it's two years after he takes power. So we're talking about a people who, I mean, a people in uneducated, largely uneducated, poor populace. Um, and then you have this guy who comes uh, along promising um, economic reforms. So Trio, yeah, he'll run for president uh, a couple years after. And wins by a very realistic 99% of the vote. Yeah. And so like why and, even, and, and, why and, just just 100. He, and he why wins not? he wins 99% of the vote, but a so I, I I don't know the the exact totals of the number of people, but let's just say there was 5 million people living in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Well, 5.5 million people cast ballots and 99% of them uh, voted for Trujillo. So numbers don't quite add up there. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's a little uh, a little little trickery, a little trickeration going on uh, in in those ballot counting. Uh, but basically, obviously, as a uh, military dictator will be prone to do, he intimidates all of his, his rivals and all of the political opposition. Uh, so most people who would have run drop out. And it's, he, yeah, it's very clear that they're not. There's no chance. Uh, yeah. So he will uh, Trujillo will end up uh, sweeping the election uh, and his, the Rafael Estrella Urena. Uh, this uh, Urena, he's the guy who leads the rebellion uh, in uh, in 1930. He'll act as president for several months, and then he'll serve as the vice president for Trujillo. So even even though he's like he gives up the presidency, Trujillo runs as president. That guy will run as his vice president, which I think is weird. Like that's such a weird deal to me. They're like, hey, I'm going to take over the government. I'll be president for like six months, and then I'll let you be president. Like that, what? What does this guy get out of it? I don't know. I I, I suspect he must have thought he could control Trujillo. That, Maybe that, that there's probably both sides thinking that they're. Gonna, I mean, Trujillo is clearly a loyal guy after, uh, you know, tra- being a, like. Being I mean, a he support. I mean, he supported his president, the guy he swore. Yeah, uh, he, he swore to uphold the constitution. It's always the kind of guy you want. It's like it's like when you're when you're dating, uh, and uh, it, you're with the girl and she's cheating on her boyfriend. And then you get with her and start dating. It's always that's always a good idea. Yeah, it's it's uh you know that guy's gonna remain loyal. She's to you. yeah. Or, yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to say when the I, I remember reading about um, the American occupation and uh, they banned cockfighting there. They were very mad about that. Uh, they so they hated all their. Um, they brought in gumball machines and they were very upset about gumball machines because of the. The cockfighting. Imagine band. like seeing like walking down the street and seeing a gumball machine and then being angry. Yeah. <laughs> like I see a gumball machine and I'm like, oh wow, what a nice little thing there. <laughs> and just, just like, oh God. They took all this delicious sugar cane <laughs> and put it colors on it. Um it still hurts my teeth. 
So they they hated the U.S. occupation, but they took it out and they took out their anger in the only legal way they knew how, which was crushing us in baseball. Like they immediately <laughs> took like America brought baseball down to the Dominican Republic and immediately just uh, destroyed us. Like, yeah, and to, and to this day, to, to this, <laughs> yeah, to this. Day, I mean, disproportionately, Dominicans um, are. I mean. In, in, in Major League Baseball, I mean, they I think for, I mean, an island of like 10 million people, I mean, the percentage of Dominican baseball players is is crazy and like still growing. And they yeah. like have the probably the best farm system like in the world oh, for yeah. baseball, other than the United States for baseball. Do you, um, uh, have you seen the Key and Peele sketch, the slap ass one? Yeah. That's they, and he's like, I'm Dominican. He's like, we're all Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they didn't like uh, PBR. They brought PBR down to Dominican Republic. Oh, they, and they didn't, didn't like, like that uh, award-winning beverage? It is an award-winning uh, beverage. It's not. But well, it's hilarious because I, I uh, live in a largely Dominican neighborhood in Brooklyn, and PBR is uh, one they, of the beverages of choice. Yeah. Well, they finally <laughs> We came got them in the end. <laughs> they finally came around. Um, okay, so let's talk about... Um, so Trujillo comes into power, and... Uh, so uh, one of the reasons we got into that I wanted to uh, do this topic or at least kind of touch on it, obviously, you know, there's so much more to be learned about Dominican history. But I, I and I think maybe you could agree with this, Joe. There's not a lot of stuff on Dominican history. I think I think a lot of people and, and this happens in a lot of countries and cultures that are uh, poor um, or uh, well, sh- countries that have been shitted on in the sure. past by we just kind of ignore them and sweep them aside and we don't give a, even, much credence to their history and, and we uh, recently when we were you know we were doing research for this we went to a bookstore and we were looking in uh in the latin american history section and you can find books on cuba and the cuban cuba revolution books, yep. you can find a lot of books on haiti so a lot of haiti same books. island uh yeah. but there's almost nothing written about the, the dominican republic and even trujillo who's a you know fairly well i had never heard of him you hadn't heard of him okay no i i I mean i i knew of him just i knew the name and i knew that he was the dictator of the dominican republic and that was about it and and um yeah that's really all i knew about him i didn't know you know much about the you know how he came to power or you know why he managed to stay in power for so long uh or even you know just the the extent of what he was doing uh so he yeah, true. He, I, but it, it, it's it's interesting because the United States has such a close relationship to the Dominican Republic when he comes to power. I mean, we basically help let him stay in power. Uh, and to this day, I mean, the, the Dominican Republic, <clears throat> we have such a I mean, in New York in particular, but the United States, we have such a large um, wave of immigration from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So it's interesting that how little we know about them and how little is written about their history, despite being fairly cl- closely related. Yes. And being an, an important culture, like one of the largest in the Caribbean. Um, yeah, it's the, lar- it's the second largest of the Caribbean islands. Only Cuba's largest or larger, and it's the most populated of the of all the islands. Yeah. So, yeah, Trujillo he wins the presidency, overwhelming majority. You know, they they gave him a mandate. They're like, hey, we. You can do whatever you want. He was like, you have <laughs> the support of the people. 100%. 100%. Except one guy. We love one, you, Trio. One guy was really angry. One, that 1%. <laughs> the 1%. The 1%. Um, so, yeah. So, three and a half weeks after he uh, becomes president, a major hurricane uh, is going to hit uh, the Dominican Republic. It's the 1930 hurricane of the Dominican Republic. It's before they were naming hurricanes. Mm. Um, in fact, they well, st- you want to name it? You want, yeah, let's give it a name. They call it a 
Well, what would Trujillo name it? I think he would name it after himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would he do that? Hurricane Trujillo. Well, well I mean, is there any is there any precedent that he would kind of do that? I mean, after the hurricane uh, destroys the capital, he'll uh, clean it up and rename the city after him. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> hey, this guy's a you know I just got here. He's a, uh, he's a humble guy. True. Like imagine if like someone did that. Like imagine like um like right after George Bush won the election, <laughs> he'd like all right. Uh, Washington D.C. is now uh, George Bush. George Bush City. George Bush City. Imagine, imagine, like, imagine if you like moved to a street and you started picking up trash, and you're like, "Hey, there's the name of the street after me." Yeah. <laughs> You've been there for two weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, this kind of a, his ego is just uh, a huge part of his uh, reign in the Dominican Republic. Like every. Thing is named Trujillo. Statues, yeah. gold-plated statues of his of himself go up in traditional, you know, just because he really wants to show that democracy is alive and well. Yeah. So he'll just rename everything. In the end, churches have to, uh, like, even churches have on the church, it'll say, uh, God in heaven, Trujillo on earth. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Again, a very humble man. Very <laughs> humble man. Hashtag humble. He took a lot of uh, mistresses. A lot, a lot of oh, mistresses, yeah. uh, you know, and um, so one of the reasons I got into uh, this, this, uh, uh, this subject um, was because I did read in a very uh, basic, basic fashion. Uh, I was, you know, I just had a Starbucks getting my caramel macchiato and I was reading a book because I'm so smart and literary. Uh, but I was reading, finally reading uh, The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow, which, uh, you know, is a fictional book, uh, but it has a lot of real history in it. And uh, if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. One of the one of the best books I, I've ever read and i connected with that book really well because the main the narrator in the story actually uh you know ends up living in my hometown where i grew up so i grew up in this place in new jersey and i very much relate to that story we went to the same college as the guy did in the story um the friends like oscar wow like the the, the character um who the narrator describes I knew that guy. Like I knew, <laughs> knew him. Uh, I, I knew that culture. I've I've been around that so much that I just I felt so strong about it. And then you know uh, the was author there, was there a big Dominican presence like where you grew oh up? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. The whole my the, my town was uh, like half and like almost half and half split between uh, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. Uh, so I knew that culture so well, and I or, like I, I didn't know you know historically anything about them, but just you know you know going uh, over friends' house after school, like I would just. Uh, I just saw that a lot, so I knew. Uh, I just, you, you saw, you saw, you kept seeing this picture of Trujillo, and you're like, "What is that? Your like, granddad or something?" <laughs> no, no, no. But and like in like the book, like just kind of like the the machismo of like the the Dominican man, very you know, very suave, very uh, powerful, very um, you know. Whatever. So, but then I also like the main character in the story is this nerd, and he's like kind of conflicted between the two the two sides of like his his culture and, and what he is. And I and I know that guy. I know I had those friends. <laughs> yeah. I had the nerd friends who, uh, you know, grew up there and were kind of bullied for like not uh, getting enough women because uh, he's supposed to be a Dominican and you're supposed to be a, a you know a strong. Yeah, hit lady. those Trujillo numbers. Lady. Yeah, you know, hit those Trujillo. You know, and and he talks about and I mean the book is fictional, but he has a lot of uh, stuff about the Trujillo regime, and it is absolutely brutal. And, you know, he takes over um, and he takes, you know, thousands of mistresses and more and more impactfully, he uh, wipes out much of the upper class. So there is like before that, there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of engineers, there's a lot of, uh, you well, it's know, it's a very common thing. And it, it it's very I mean, I use this term, but it, it almost feels like a very 
uh, like primitive thing. Like you take over and you wipe out anyone who could oppose you. Oh, so anyone like it's very like traditionally, you know, uh, in like tribal warfare when you know, people will take over another tribe and you kill all the men and then you impregnate all the women there you go. Uh, to it's spread your seed. So it's weird. It's weird that like a modern, you know, this is happening in like the 1930s and forties and fifties and all that, that this is, you know, essentially what's happening. He's just destroying, you know, all the opposition, impregnating everybody, getting lots of babies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did he impregnate them? His oh, mistresses? Yeah. I mean, he had, you I wonder know, how many children he had. Oh, it's gotta be hundreds. You know, um, it's, it's a lot. But uh, I mean, it's weird that that happens. And, you know, we see it all the time, even in, you know, modern societies, even in populist movements where uh, you have these guys who try to who really try to just, you know, take over and uh, control by by eliminating the opposition. And it's like it's like, how is this not how do we keep letting like let this happen? How do how do people not see it? And it's just, um, you know, you're not you're not really that powerful people aren't powerful like you're in this wave of momentum that's happening yeah it's almost like a hysteria um and then when when the the and his power was so great at least you know he had such a tight grip uh on the military um that it just became a a situation where people became so afraid to oppose him because he would just kill them and people were disappearing and mysterious deaths were happening all the time and nobody just knew what to do about that. And if you watch any interviews with him, he's like the, his arrogance is just, it's, he's just, yeah, you know, I do what I want, you know, like, like it's like, and he's killing like not only uh, Dominicans, but also, I mean, we'll, we'll get into him killing Haitians, but also foreign, uh, you know, people, you know, United States citizens, he's killing, uh, anyone who he considered to be an enemy. I mean, he had his own, uh, Nixon like enemies list, except, I mean, well, let's give credit to Nixon. He wasn't killing that many people. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he would like do you dirty, but uh, fucking Trujillo is going to uh, take you and have you murdered and eaten by pigs or something. Yes, and uh, you know he had camps like you know concentration like camps for uh, enemies, and some of these you know guys were just people who said the wrong thing at the wrong time or like didn't look at him correctly. Mm-hmm. Like if you gave him a bad look, like you could end up. It's just uh, it's insane and then you know you're in the and you're one of the people who work for him and you're being told to do all these killings and and you know i'm 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 sure your moral uh literacy isn't super high either but i mean that's you're also under the pressure of uh yeah i'm gonna this will be me and my entire family if i don't do it so it's like it's there's nothing you know i totally see how that happens and I don't know what what do you it's just amazing to me how long it took you know you know when we when we think about other or most you know pretty not most but a lot of brutal dictatorships uh they don't last very long because eventually they will rise up or some a lot of times a a foreign power will intervene yes and the problem is that the the greatest foreign power in the world um the united states sure uh refuses to intervene um for the most part Uh, yes and there there are reasons for that and they evolve over time um but the first you know kind of our treatment of them is we kind of had this like good neighbor policy that's what we called it and as long as we gave them the guns (laughs) we gave them the guns um and when we talk about good neighbor policy what we mean is (laughs) non-communist so if you're a good non-communist we'll basically let you do your thing even though like we know what's going on down there And, and 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 even even be, like before that, like, you know, like you said, we were in there during World War One. And then after that, we're, we're trying to, like, get out of stuff uh, and the American people are finding out about 
you know, our operations there and like, what do we, what, what, are, what the hell are we doing there? And it's like, so and we're, it, I mean, we're not ready to go in there. And just like, like today, there's plenty of, there's plenty of, you know, countries that could use, a, like probably could use help. Uh, I well, mean, we don't want to. Well, that's kind of what happens is that we, we end up getting involved in these conflicts. I mean, especially in the 20th century, it, you know, we get involved in something and then, Eventually, people get tired of it. As what you know, uh, the Vietnam was a great example of that. Yep. And then there's this retraction, or after World War One, or after um, you know, world, you know, after Vietnam, there's this retraction, trying to become more isolationist. And you know, you can see that today, where you know, 15 years ago, we were pretty gung ho to get in, in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I'd say most people now want to get out of yep. there very quickly. And and that's a, like in a political affairs or global affairs kind of uh, you know debates. That's always a thing. Is like, should we, you know should we be a big brother to other countries? Uh, you know, a lot of people say, uh, no. Uh, and you know, part of me f- agrees with that. Part of me is like, what, like we shouldn't, you know, be spending a ton of money. We shouldn't be going in and, and, uh, cause, cause, cause when we do that, it's not like we're doing a perfect job either. Yeah. You we're know? not, we're not representing what they want. We're, we're trying to restore order. Sure. You know, re- kind of, uh, where you know where the you know police you know police of the world or keep the you know the liberal the liberal world order in intact and and going and we we keep the seas safe for for uh, for commerce yes. and keep the world safe for democracy uh, and when people step out of line we get involved um, but oftentimes you know we're not in the end helping the people we're trying. Um, that we're intervening with you know, exactly we're, we're not actually representing their interests we're representing our, our own interests and that ends up uh either in them getting upset or us getting in, involved in a long mm-hmm. violent conflict but at the same time if you're a person living through this regime you're like please help yeah, like someone please, anyone help. yeah please yeah. stop this brutal thing anyway um so so trujillo's in power now he's renaming everything he's taking wives he's taking prisoners he's killing uh, a lot of people. Um, and then he just kind of does that for a while. He, at one point he says, I'm going to, I'm going to step down as we'll follow in the Americans footsteps and we'll let someone else, uh, you know, take over two two term president. Yeah. No, nobody did more than two terms that that's been, you know, every American president, <laughs> um, way of it. And then uh, uh, fucking Roosevelt. And then Roosevelt was like, "I'm gonna run for third term." He's like, "Oh, third term! Hey, 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 he did. That's <laughs> it. Let's get back in there. Go run, get back on that presidential horse. The whole time, it doesn't matter if Trujillo's president or not. He uh, he's running the th- place. Yeah, and and a lot of that. I mean, that's very a classic a classic thing of like um, having figureheads of state, but you know, whoever really controls the military uh, will end up controlling. Uh, the government because they're the ones who have the the true power uh they have the guys with the guns and that's where the authority ultimately lies and these kind of regimes and all yeah all this time that you know this is happening uh the united states is largely letting this happen i mean roosevelt uh has um <clears throat> is aware probably of what's going on uh, several u.s presidents will but it's not his biggest problem it's as, not his biggest as problem always. you know i mean we have our own you know we, we were pretty depressed at the time we were on some antidepressants i'm fat i'm very sad but then and then we had our our own uh, uh the, gr- the great world war ii came along <laughs> and that kind of distracted us from uh what trujillo was doing um, and then after that, obviously, communism becomes a bigger, uh, a bigger fear for the United States. So having a not a very strong non-communist ally uh, in the area becomes a big factor yes. for the United States. Uh, and then 
especially after the Cuban Revolution, that will be even more uh, more of a priority for the United States. Um, one other thing, uh, again, in, in that book, uh, Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde, like they, they do, uh, several chapters do talk about really just how to totalitarian, um, totalitarian, 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 wow. Totalitarian, uh, the regime is. And we're learning today. We're learning today, and I think even more than like you know, like like say Stalin or someone like that, where like you know Stalin could never control the entirety of you know the Russian landmass or yeah. the Soviet Union land. I mean, it's two con- it's like two just, continents. Sure, exactly. So um, and other places like that, but uh, Trujillo like really did have. Uh, ears and eyes everywhere on the entire island. It's, yeah, it's not only is it a small thing, it's a small piece of land, but it's also an island, so where are you going to go? Yeah, where are you going to go? You you could hide in the mountains and probably starve to death. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is that, that I did learn about the culture there um, was that gifting was a huge, it was a, it had a, hu- a big effect on people. Like, there was a, a culture of gifting where it created, like, a moral economy of reciprocity. It was even more so than sometimes even threats uh, was like Trujillo would gift someone something, give them something. And because they couldn't return the gift, they felt indebted to them. And it's like, I have to do what he says because I owe him. He gifted me. He gave me something. Which What, what was it like a gift? What like a gift. Uh, it could be anything. It could be like a, a, a position. It could be like a job or it could be literally, you some know, n- some nice socks. It could be, some, <laughs> it could be, it could be money or uh, land or something like that. There's also a whole thing about uh, the land at some point changed from it's like it's just the land to like, oh, now everything is parceled out yep, and private owners, private owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they they you know, that happened around this time, too. And uh, and that changed a lot of stuff. And, you know, who owns it? And, and people felt ripped off and cheated. And then, you know, well, he was giving land back to people that he took from them. And then it's like, here's this gift. And now you owe me. And it's like, well, that's a problem that will often happen in the in the in the wake of a revolution where you're trying to either redistribute the land or privatize the land. And then usually it ends up in the hands of a few people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, obviously it's what happened here. Um, And especially, yeah, when you have uh, someone who controls everything who can, uh, and yeah, it's interesting to, you know, doling out land as a political favors. So, I mean, is is there any like particular examples of like guys he would gift? Like what, like how would they, like, who is he giving these just like people in the government? It was, it was everyone. Like, not everyone. Like, like he just, just all over, all over the place. That was just a huge thing he would do. He would just constantly be gift giving gifts. As, is this like a cultural thing? Like it, a, is, it, it is a cultural thing. Like, like, like the, the, one of the books I read was uh, The Dictator's Seduction, Politics and Popular Imagination in the Era of Trujillo. Um, and that is by, oh man. Again, it is very difficult to find books about Rafael Trujillo yeah. or the Dominican Republic. There's a few written, but most of them were written r- fairly soon after he died. There's been relatively <clears throat> little written about him in the last um, by Lauren ten years uh, or so. Derby. Lauren Derby wrote that, um, and uh, th- just I, that like that's what it is. It's it's a cultural thing more than anything. Like for me, if someone and, and, and some of the gifts weren't like so extravagant or whatever, it's um, they give you a. A, you know, a nice um, soldier's uniform or something like that, like a, mm-hmm. an elegant or so, what? I don't know. Um, but they like, you know, for me, it'd be like, like in our culture, it's not as big of a deal. And it's yeah. like, you're not going to hold that much power over me for that. But that time it I was send you a thank you. note. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, 
you like it just reciprocity like you if you owe someone something that was a a very precarious situation situation to be in you felt guilt about that that was a big part of it so he did that and then on top of threatening people and killing them and, uh, putting them in <laughs> threatening them what are you gonna do kill me oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <That's> exactly. <laughs> They talked about in brief. I wonder a slice of Oscar Wilde, wow, like one of the. I mean, um, how they killed this one character or, or tortured this one character who is. Uh, it is. It is a fictional story again, uh, but a lot of this stuff is taken from uh, examples. Um, but they like would tie a wet uh, rope to some around someone's head, and then the rope they would leave him out in the sun, and as the rope would dry, it would like crush their skull, uh, and it just. Uh, and then the guy like became mentally. Uh, like, I uh, just had crazy brain damage after that. Um, oh, you, you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you tell me this guy's skull got crushed and has some brain damage? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it sounds awful. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of a lot of things like that. I so, mean, but I think, like, yeah, w- even when we talk about these horrible tortures, I think just the, the thing that must feel the worst about it is just that f- sense of just dread and, like, just fear. Like, that's just that per- oh my gosh, pervasive yeah. fear that, like, must be ingrained in that society because they just uh, like that could happen to you at any moment. And, and also like the fear of like, you don't, you don't know who to trust and you don't, and you want to, and uh, everyone around you is willing to tell on you. Uh, and that, that's always the, when you, uh, even in, uh, in Haiti um, during the um, uh, Papa Doc's um, rule over Haiti, which is kind of at the end of the Trujillo regime. But they, that was a huge thing where they were talking about how, people were even afraid to speak out against Papa Doc even in private because that the the uh pervasiveness of the 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 of his influence was just all over to where people well, were just like Well that that I, brings I, it back to like the gifting thing is like even people who normally would be against Trujillo uh if they felt that Trujillo owed them or Trujillo would give them a gift the one thing that they could often return is be like well here's uh, I I could, I could I could yeah I can give you information on some of your conspirators and not even conspirators it's just like like oh he's he you heard him guy this guy at a bar talking shit about you like that's and that's like just because you want to offer anything to reciprocate I mean Trujillo he, he he's such a he's he's an enigmatic figure I think in that you know we just I mean as Americans and I mean I think most people don't really know much much about him but I mean again just the fact that he's coming from just a very humble like kind of nondescript background but he must be just like this super intelligent guy at least to some degree like he he knows how to manipulate people man I want I wonder that there's there's some I mean obviously there's something about him that he's able to to cultivate you know this uh this sense of loyalty and this and and de- so, develop power so the, the the kind of coming from coming from a, a humble means was part of the thing he came like that was one of the tricks that he oh, did was like I'm a I'm a man of the people yeah. I'm you know I've started I'm one of you mm-hmm. and he actually brought a lot of pride like he, he to be Dominican like and that was something that uh, wasn't existing at the time so he brought a lot of unity in that regards uh but it was a, a unity under the disguise of fear and also you he was uh unifying people in in ways of uh directing their hatred at other groups of people yes. as well uh which is a thing that very common for dictators to do you do. want to talk about some racism with, uh, let's uh, talk about some racism okay you want to start <laughs> you just want to well so i mean just to talk you about talk about personal like your own your racism <laughs> joe <laughs> all right so he's fucking chinese uh no the 
I mean, just, a, you know, we talked a little about the history of the island. So half of the island was controlled by the French and half of the island was controlled by the Spanish. And then when the French half of the island, Haiti, is over, the overthrown, uh, the French colonial government's overthrown by the uh, the slave class, so the, uh, the black people. Uh, and there's a mix of black and mulattoes. And, I mean, there's a mix of black and mulattoes. And uh, I believe, was it mestizo is the word uh, for uh, mixed race people in, uh, in, in the Dominican Republic? I don't remember. I think that's what they, they're called. But, yeah, so there's people who are mixed race, either <laughs> native, uh, white, uh, you know, Hisp- Hispanic or uh, of uh, Af- African origin. And so, you know, they th- there's an interesting mix of people that are, that are, that are going on. But I think the... Uh, the Dominicans, I, I think, often re- resented the the Haitians partially because of the previous occupation of the island, uh, and so there was a <clears throat> there was always kind of uh, at least within the uh, mestizo and mixed mixed races and uh, the white class, there was still a lot of <laughs> uh, racism against black people, Haitians, but just black people in general uh, in the Dominican Republic. Of course, um, and, and and that's that's it was a unifying aspect of it. Sure, right? just uh, and, and, as I mean, racism usually a lot of times is. Uh, yeah, and it's a way you know we can, um, you know we this we're better because yeah, these we're, people we're, are worse. Yeah, we're better because we're at least you know even the poorest whites are like well, at least we're not black. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, obviously, and then there, there's so much going on obviously in the 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 uh, the sanctions that are that have been going on against Haiti as well as these. Um, uh, violent earthquakes or not earthquakes or earthquakes and um, hurricanes that are affecting the island mm-hmm. uh, which will change the you know the way I mean it's going to affect their lives uh, obviously and <clears throat> it's a lot of times uh, the Haitians are going to try to come into the Dominican Republic as refugees uh, so there are a lot of Haitians living in the Dominican Republic so it's it's not just uh, people I mean there are black people from Haiti so they do represent kind of a, a fairly large minority living uh, in the Dominican Republic uh, so there yeah they, there's this group of people that are you know thought of as foreigners uh, who uh, the Trujillo regime uh, will try to get uh, the Dominicans to direct their hate towards these people. Yes. Um, and then they'll go on to uh, commit genocide and they'll kill, you know, uh, all across the border. You know, so obviously uh, the border is very uh, um, porous. Yeah. So it's a mountain. The, the, the island of Hispaniola, it's a very small island, but the middle of the island is very mountainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually, I think it's the largest mountain in the Caribbean uh, is in the Dominican Republic. Um, and so the mountainous region was used by, you know, both sides, uh, especially during the Haitian revolution. You know, the, the Haitian rebels would hide in the mountains and they would, you know, these sl- former slaves are making their homes there, but it, it, prev- it, you know, it will cause a lot of conflict uh, because of you know the porousness of the border. So people from Haiti coming over into uh, the Dominican Republic. How, I mean, so when uh, when does the violence? I mean, really, the the massacres that we're talking about. When does this start to ramp up? 1937, they massacre 19 to 20,000 Haitians living in the Dominican Republic adjacent to Haiti. And this is a brutal massacre. They're, uh, you know, machetes and just going into villages and towns and just slaughtering everyone they see. Um, It was actually, it's really hard. uh, So the BBC reports uh, 19 to 20,000, but... I saw other estimates other places and just because they said it was so hard to to have an accurate estimate because they would a lot of them they just th- uh, threw in the water uh, and were eaten by sharks and then a lot of the acidic land or they tra- uh, treated some of the 
um, burial sites with uh, some kind of chemicals or whatever, and they just could not tell how many people. It's they don't have a good count. Um, but yeah, so tens of thousands yeah, of yeah. people. Tens of thousands of people. So, um, and and it is happening all over uh, the Dominican Republic. There's debates as to whether how much the uh, civilian population was involved in the massacres. There, there, there's some that you know claim that a lot of Dominican civilians were going in and killing Haitians. Yep. They did one thing I did read was they said that uh, in all the bullets that they found in the bodies of Haitians that they were all government issued. So it seemed yes. likely that. Most of the shooting was done by soldiers, uh, but again, you know, it it seemed like there probably, you know, there, there are civilians uh, potentially in, in, involved in the, in uh, in the killings. But yeah, tens of thousands of uh, Black Haitians are being massacred by the Trujillo regime. And what is the pretense for these massacres, other than just kind of the general hatred? Was there any kind of inciting incident? So uh, Trujillo said um, in nineteen thirty-seven, he gave a speech. And he and the, and the whole and this time he was talking to the the Haitian president, uh, pretending to be like we're gonna we're gonna make this work. Um, and I guess a lot of it has to do with just like oh they're on our border side of our border. Yeah, which I mean, it's are, a it's a refugee crisis. It's a refugee crisis. They're trying to you know in in, in this in the same way to today they're still you know uh, Haitian uh, Haiti is a much poorer country and they're uh, people are trying to uh, make money by going to the other side and uh, trying to have some kind of opportunity. And he gave a speech. Trujillo said, for some months, I have traveled and traversed the border in every sense of the word. I have seen, investigated, and inquired about the needs of the population. To the Dominicans who were complaining of the de depredations by Haitians living among them, thefts of cattle, provisions, fruits, etc., and were thus prevented from enjoying in peace, the products of their labor. I have responded, I will fix this, and we have already begun to remedy the situation. 300 Haitians are now dead. In Bianca, or Banica, the, re uh, the remedy will continue. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the remedy. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not actually that hard to imagine, but uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but imagine... We like, have a lot of examples. Yeah. <laughs> But imagine like just being like, all right, guys, uh, I think you guys were complaining about immigrants. Uh, don't worry. Right, we already killed 3000. Imagine doing that on TV. Like that's that's insane. Um, so it's this brutal thing. Um, and if you're wondering why Trujillo sounds like a Guido from New Jersey, it's because uh, it's the only accent I really know. How to do. <laughs> um, but you nail it, though. So, he, yeah, he, he killed, uh, uh, you know, thousands of people there. Um, and, uh, it was really bad. Uh, Trujillo is finally assassinated in 1961 after, uh, 31 years of power. And what leads to his downfall is that people do start to finally, uh, kind of organize and, and, uh, you know, there are pocket, there are rebellious pockets, uh, specifically the, um, the Mirabal sisters, um, those are, they're, they're famous. There was, they, they weren't the only ones that did this, but they were the most famous because they struck a chord with, um, not, not only with not only the global community, but, but with, uh, the, the people in the Dominican Republic who at that time had been kind of scared to act out in any way. Um, and, and just fear of, you know, obviously, uh, repercussions, but you know, these were, uh, four sisters, three of them were killed, not, not, uh, and, uh, they were, 
educated women who spoke out uh, very powerfully against the the president, and they were uh, assassinated. They were beat um, to death and then uh, driven off a cliff. <laughs> for, good, it, for good measure, <laughs> to make no, to make it look like an accident. Of course. Uh, okay. hey, these these beat these women <laughs> these beat women were <laughs> drove off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they, they probably shouldn't have been driving. Yeah, like they're <laughs> really in bad shape. <laughs> Maybe they should have been beating themselves up as they drove off a cliff. So, um, and uh, six months after that happened, uh, he was killed. Uh, uh, you know, a, a small group of uh, people. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know too much about um, where if they had any kind of help or support from any outside nations. If this was like, you know, some kind of like, a, you know, Castro kind of like assassination. Oh, by the way, uh, Trujillo like uh, has many assassination attempts of other leaders. Like he tries oh, to really? kill the Venezuelan um, guy and he gets away with killing a lot of other people. Like, in, like his, he like uh, kills, assassinates people in New York and in, uh, in Cuba, mm-hmm. like powerful people and people who go across him. He's, he is a, a straw long reach. Um, but then he's finally assassinated on the 25th of November in 1960. Um, sorry, notice that that was the Mirabal sisters. They were uh, six months after that uh, he was assassinated and uh, uh, he was followed, chased in a car, uh, him and his driver, and uh, he was uh, the car was shot up. Uh, all the conspirators, uh, most of the conspirators die. Yeah. So one of the assassins, although they didn't like to be called assassins because they felt like there there was a, a negative term. Um, for, <laughs> you know, they they felt pretty justified in what they were doing. But they, they the BBC interviewed uh, one of the men who was involved in the shooting of Trujillo, and he he was alive in 2011, and he, he said he. Uh, they were following him when he was going to see his mistress. So it was only him and his chauffeur and they, they followed the car and they decided to pull in front of his car. He opened fire, uh, Trujillo and his chauffeur returned fire. Uh, he, <clears throat> the kind of the, his, his memory of the whole thing, it was a little bit fuzzy, but basically he says, you know, uh, Trujillo tries to run out of the car and then he's wounded and eventually they shoot him to death in the street. Uh, and then they get the body, they put it in their car and they drive off. Eventually most of the, the conspirators are arrested, uh, and, and killed by the police or executed. Uh, he manages to escape and eventually, uh, he returns and, He's con, you know, considered a national hero today. He was not in the military at all, he, but he's, he was uh, kind of given a general's position so he, they could uh, give him a, a pension uh, as retirement. And, and in this time, I mean, you know, Trujillo, you know, there's the United States at different times thinks about removing him uh, and kind of to tie it back to Castro. Um, a, a big part of the reason why they don't at different times is because they uh, they're afraid of even if they remove Trujillo, that it would create instability in the country and that would allow a Castro like figure to come along yes. or even worse if Castro himself uh, took over the island. Uh, but yeah, Castro at different times was also uh, considering invading the Dominican Republic. Yep. Um, so that that was and he a, was uh, afraid of that. Uh, Trujillo was very afraid of that. Yeah. He uses it as a pretense to actually expand the military yep. and as plans for invasion. But yeah, just his his reach is, I think, is incredible. Uh, one of the other he, we talked about, he, he killed someone in new york there's a very famous uh case of a guy his name is uh uh, jesus uh, galindez uh i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but he uh was a a a spanish-born um 
professor living, uh, I, I believe he, he taught law, I think, in, uh, in uh, New York City, and he spoke out against the Trujillo regime. He was a um, spokesperson or someone trying to expose what's going on in there, uh, and he is captured and um, tortured and probably killed by, uh, or, I mean, we, we know, I think we do know for sure today, uh, but he disappeared, um, and that was just proof that no one anywhere was safe or people were not safe anywhere yeah, that he could get you anywhere in the world uh which was you know you, you think even if you get off the dominican republic if you're uh if you're one of his enemies you'd be safe but i mean he can get you pretty much uh wherever he wants i mean he was he was a good friend to have just like you know people like that are uh who are rich and powerful like he showed you a good time like if you were a friend of his he uh he made you f you know feel like you were uh important um he gave you a lot of gifts he you know bought you fancy things he wanted to hang out with movie stars and actors and everything like that but then if you were if you crossed him he went to no lengths to um he did not hold back to to find you after he was killed though they have a democrat Democratically elected government, uh, but then there's a revolt breaks out, and President Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, um, from America, <laughs> not <laughs> not Lindono Johnson, Johnson, yeah, from uh, France. Uh, he uh, so he sends in uh, troops to go to stop it from becoming another uh, communist country. So even at, like so, one America invades the DR twice in that century. Yeah. And which is all, which is crazy, but it's even crazy. Like they waited, like they're more, we're more afraid of this uh, communist idea taking over there than, you know, a dictator who's, you know, killing 30,000 Haitians, who's, you know, brutalizing people and, and removing all human rights. Uh, so that's when we're like, oh, well, you can't be communist. That's way worse than uh, genocide. Um, so well, one thing I read, it was interesting was his. Um, so he has a uh, it, the kind of the details of it are a little murky and I wasn't able to find the article. But his lawyer, he had a lawyer in the United States. So he had so, like technically when asked later about it, the, his lawyer said he was technically the representative for the Dominican government in the United States. Uh, but his, it was Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, so the grandson of John D. Rockefeller, and then I believe later the governor of New York was the oh, the lawyer for Rafael Trujillo in the United States. He was on like a something like a twenty thousand dollar retainer. Oh my gosh! Um, and it, it really hurt his political career. So he runs for president yep. later. He I believe he uh, ran as a Republican. He doesn't get the nomination, but he that was used against him that he was the lawyer for this brutal dictator. And and there's one thing to be said about this too. Like you know, like all brutal, um, you know these these brutal powerful men you know you could talk about pablo escobar in colombia or even you know like stalin or, or hitler before world war ii you know they do some good stuff for yeah. the country well, yeah we he comes to power in the wake of a hurricane this this yeah, right right as he becomes president uh in uh in the early 30s there's this major hurricane uh that hits the island and he again he is able to be the cleanup of the hurricane 
I mean, makes him very popular. And I mean, he he does public works projects and he tries to modernize uh, the Dominican uh, Dominican society. So, yeah, yeah. It's not like he's he actually it was like he did a lot of rain and bullets 24 seven. He's doing things that, you know, make him popular, maybe in in some people's eyes. Building infrastructure, building uh, education uh, schools and stuff like that, which are, you know, obviously only teach that Trujillo yeah. is is God on earth but um uh, and, he, and he's doing so and and he's doing so and you know when they when he becomes a power he creates a one party state and he requires everyone to basically join the party so everyone is also you know they're giving their money to the government so uh, you could say you know they they do maybe have a sense of you know they have some stake in it you know we're giving our money to yeah. the building of the infrastructure to the improving of society yep. it's just only coming you know at the expense of you know all of our friends and family being murdered. <laughs> and I mean, and, and, you know, he used uh, his relationship with the United States as a non-communist, uh, you know, an ally in world war two and, um, an ally who never fought or anything, but an ally and they, you know, they, they're a founding member of the United nations. He's, you know, positioning himself as, you know, someone who is a, a credible world leader. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he uses that to just kind of try to legitimize his, his reign. Um, so after that, uh, there's a couple more. After he is killed, uh, you know, we come in, we do that. Uh, we, we we try to hold real elections. We try to uh, force real elections, and uh, it still doesn't really happen. They confu- it confuse them. They're like, wait, there's two guys on this ballot, yeah. <laughs> and none of them are Rafael Trujillo. They still <laughs> Who do I vote for? <laughs> is this a trick? Yeah. So they, they got confused, and no one voted. Um but they finally did get some uh, more uh, liberal people in there and some of the civil rights and uh, human rights uh, start returning. Um, there's still, you know, obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of problems, a lot of corruption. Um, and let's say a guy, uh, Joaquin Balaguer, Balaguer, uh, he was the last, considered the last Trujillo's last puppet president. And, you know, he had been part of that election, but he still he had been part of his regime and he still won, even though he had connections to Trujillo. But I think we it, it, today, I mean, again, when you talk to people like even modern uh, you know, Dominicans living today, I mean, a lot of them don't really have much of a I mean, they don't have any memory of it because they weren't alive during that time. Um, so it seems it, it seems, you know, pretty far removed, but really it's only in the last, you know, 20 to 30 years that they've, I think, really recovered from um, not only the Trujillo regime, but, you know, almost continuous occupations from uh, foreign governments. Yep. It is the most uh, fastest growing economy in the Americas, which is which is uh, nice. And and the elections have been getting uh, more more free. uh, But, you know, obviously, there's still a lot of uh, issues over there and a lot of, you know, uh, controversies that that continue to happen, but it is definitely uh, it's definitely a better spot than it was before, which all started you know due to uh, you know civil unrest from bad debts and you know America in occupation in the early part of the century. I think I think the Dominican Republic, just in in, in reading about it, you know it, it just seems like it, this is a, the United States like like what are all the mistakes we can make in one country? Yeah. And like, what can go wrong, um, you know, in a, in a country, again, like a, a colonialized, uh, state and then 
try to go from them trying to overthrow that that oppression and then not helping at all and then when we do help uh it's not really in a constructive way it's and it's in a way that again benefits the united states and uh not the dominican people and and it's just it's again it's it's you could see an argument for american intervention and you can see an argument against american intervention in the dominican republic because you can see where the times we do intervene it often makes it worse or it doesn't help the situation and then uh in the times that we don't you know for 30 years uh this guy leads a brutal oppressive dictatorship and thousands tens of thousands of people die because of it so i mean it's 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 just one of those things that you know, like how what what is America's role in the world, yeah. um, and why can't this little country decide to do what it wants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's a that's a great question, and it happens all over. I don't know. I th- I think I mean it's uh, it's something that uh, as the you know as we progress, I mean it seems you know, will we get away from this? You know, we're still involved in several foreign wars. Um, I think it's, it's an issue to this day, American intervention, but for the Dominican Republic, it seems like, you know, they are, uh, at least a country on the rise. Again, we, you know, we talked about comparing it with Haiti. Uh, they've fared much better than Haiti has. Uh, they've <clears throat> created a much more stable form of government. Um, and, See again, their economy seems to be progressing and uh, liberalizing as a society. Uh, and again, they're not facing the brutal, oppressive regimes that they were in the 20th century. And hopefully, that uh, trend will continue. We hope so. Uh, to all, uh, for all our Dominican friends out there, <laughs> please uh, email us at um, excuse me history at gmail dot com uh, if you. Uh, if you have any notes or want us to correct anything we said, which I'm sure there's there's some stuff there, but uh, the gist of it, I'm sure, is that's what we're, we're trying to get across. Um, and we did learn something. Uh, we brought in our horizons, and I hope you guys uh, brought in yours. And uh, I have not. I want to go to the Dominican Republic one day. I hear uh, like just uh, looking at pictures, like you know, just the island is gorgeous. Like it is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Um, but uh, and and you know we uh, we both live in New York and we have a huge Dominican population here. Uh, I work with a lot of Dominican guys and I think it's it's interesting because again you know they're you know we know when we think of uh, Latino immigrants Dominicans are usually not the first pe- group of people that people uh, maybe Americans think about but they're huge demographic in the United States. Yep. Uh, again, you know they fucking destroy us in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think, uh, it, you know, this is something I, I think we picked this subject. You know, I, I, I wish there was more written on the Dominican Republic. I, I, I think do. there's I, I, I think there needs to be more of a study of uh, both Trujillo. I mean, there I don't think there's really been a definitive biography written about him. Maybe he's not <clears throat> thought of as as important of a figure. But I mean, I think of in the 20th century, he's uh, one of the most. I mean, again, brutal dictators, and he, he had such a close relationship to him. I, I think there should be more written about him, but also just about the Dominican Republic in general and uh, its history. I, I think it's it's such a fascinating place, and I think for, you know, for people that have you know were occupied for more than three centuries, it's uh, you know they're a very uh, a very proud people. I, I think uh, hopefully we can, we can learn. Hope more people will learn more about the Dominicans. <laughs> Hey, this has come out of PBS. Talk <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, and we'll come back to you next time from our studios. <laughs>
Um, and they uh, eat some plantains, guys. Oh, plantains are delicious. Yeah, have yourself some. Uh, Get some of those. Uh, Unsweet bananas. Unsweet banana. You gotta cook them. Don't you, don't get a plantain and eat them raw. Nope. That will not be good. Get yourself some yuca. Oh man, if you haven't tried yuca, they're like, uh, it's like the it's like the dessert potato. It's still it's actually well sweet potato maybe, but it's between <laughs> between regular potato and sweet potato. Uh, it's got a it's got a I don't know like a waxy like a taste, but in a, good, in a good way, a semi sweet potato. <laughs> Um, all right, Rob, do you have any closing remarks? Nope. Uh, thanks guys for joining us today. Uh, if you have any, um, please, uh, f- you know, find us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcasts. Yep. Wherever you, you get your podcasts. Yep. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you have any, if you want us to cover anything, if you're like, Hey, uh, I don't want to watch, I don't want to listen to Dan Carlin cause he's, uh, he's way too smart. I wanted someone a little on my level to, to learn something yeah, and then and tell we'll, me about it. And we're going to give you an episode, like hopefully every couple of weeks, hopefully every couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, if you have suggestions or corrections or if you want to tell us how stupid and unfunny we are, uh, please email us and subscribe, tell all your friends, uh, I've been I've been Joe Barton. I've been Rob Rigo. Hey, cool me. History.